don't care who listening and who not listening. Here we go. Hello? It's me. It's the Pacer Pod. Wanted to talk about free agency. That wasn't bad. Not too bad. Little uh, Adele. How's everybody doing? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing well tonight. Six o'clock on a beautiful sunny Sunday in the heartland and you know I've been been getting some work done today getting stuff ready for the summertime uh and I've been working on some pacer pod stuff that I'm excited to share on this episode so it's been two weeks since the season wrapped up you know the obviously the pacers uh with the, they got swept by Boston. Not the, not the way we would have liked to see the season end, but I think at the end of the day that, that uh, it was a good season. It was a season, I think, that there's no, there's no way it turns out awesome when you lose your best player. And the Pacers made it so that the regular season, I think we, we can take uh, a lot of positive things from. And then the playoffs, we can say, um, we're still a ways away, right? So it's, the playoffs left a little sour taste, but the regular season altogether, I feel pretty good about. I feel good about the fact that there was a lot of improvement from some of the young guys like Turner and Sabonis. I feel good about uh, Bogdanovich, although, you know, he's going to be a free agent, which I'll get into whenever I do his player uh, review, but... Uh, but yeah, so it's it's you know it's been a couple of weeks and I, I and before so free agency all the the chaos of the off season um, officially begins I think July first so there'll be some draft stuff in June that's when the NBA draft is like July or June eighteenth or nineteenth um, so basically like between the end of the season and then probably the the draft is I'm gonna try to get my breakdown of all the players that played for the Pacers this year. And, you know, what I, what I think about each player. Um, and so that's what I'm going to start with tonight. I'm going to get down to the guys that didn't play a lot for the Pacers. Um, and to start with, uh, it's Alizé Johnson. So Alizé was uh, the Pacers' second-round draft pick last year. Uh, he was the 50th overall pick. Um, he went to college at Missouri State. His uh, he's twenty three years old, so he's he was uh, not a not a young college guy. So he probably was in college for I would guess all four years, based off of the fact that he's twenty three, and he'll be going into his second year. Um, actually, I guess I'm talking about you know his his season this past year, but uh, so yeah, he's twenty three. Um, the thing about Alize that. I've always liked is his his uh, athletic ability. So he's got a big body, six foot nine. I mean, he's kind of built. There's not many guys in the league that 
you can really even compare to uh, like LeBron as far as being athletic and being built like that. I mean, Alizé's got one of those bodies that, you know, he's probably got the best body on the team as far as just being able to uh, raw, just like athletic ability. So I love that about Alizé Johnson. I think that's one of the things that allows him to be uh, even drafted in the first place is like when you have that much, if you, when you have that much athleticism, if you can develop just basic league average type skills with the ball or, you know, finding other, other ways to use that athleticism, you're going to, you can find a spot in this league. And, and I think, you know, Alizé, um, you know, I'll get to what he did. So basically like most of the season, you know, he was with the Mad Ants in Fort Wayne. I happened to, to have caught a few Mad Ants games and I remember seeing Alizé and he was killing it. Um, I, I remember one game, I think he had like, I think he had like 20 and 20. Um, but he ended up averaging 19 points, 13 and a half rebounds, three and a half assists per game uh, for the Mad Ants. Now, uh, this is the first year that I've followed the NBA as close or just a team as closely as I did this year with the Pacers. And same would be true with G League. I did not follow the G League, but I just happened to go to, I think I went to two or three games. And the fact that Alizé and Edmund Sumner were playing some with the Pacers and with the Mad Ants, um, I guess my my interest is, a, is, I'm a little bit more interested in the G League than, I, than I've ever been. Um, but I say that because I don't, I don't understand exactly, like maybe this is pretty um, normal for a player who's, who won't translate to the NBA, but will put up big numbers in the G League. I'm not sure. So that's, I'm kind of setting the table for that. Um, just to say like, Ugh. I don't know how much you can trust numbers in the G League, but if you can, how, whatever you can trust, the fact is he got a lot of numbers. I mean, he scored 19 points a game. This is throughout the whole year. So that's like 31 or 36 games. Um, so it's not a small sample size. 13 and a half rebounds plus three and a half assists. I mean, that's a really good, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's, and that's the thing about Alizé. He's, his athletic ability allows him to really dominate a lot of guys. Um, obviously he's got a bunch of hops. I like the fact that he's aggressive. Uh, the little bit that he did play with the Pacers, um, he seems to be a guy that will like, well, I don't know. I guess maybe I, I want to, th in my head, I think he's like a kind of a tenacious defender, but I can't really think of many examples. I do like the fact that when I was looking up his numbers uh, in the G League, he averaged four and a half offensive rebounds a game. So that means that's, and so that's why I put, you know, the fact that he's aggressive. He might just be, maybe he's just a really skilled offensive rebounder. Um, being 6'9 and being able to hop the way he does, it makes sense that he could snatch a bunch of offensive rebounds. Um, so anyways, those are the, like, that's what I think Alizé has got and what he can bring to the Pacers is he's got the athletically, he's what we need. We need, we need some, we need to have some of the faster guys and the stronger guys on, on the court. And that's one of the things that this Pacers team really lacked, especially when Oladipo went down is like a lot of below average athletes. So that's one thing that Alizé offers us. So if he's able to develop his game and mitigate the fact that like right now, you know, he's 
he's not that great of a uh, ball handler. Um, but does he have to be? I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to see what Alizé can do um, next season. But, uh, you know, basically this year, he didn't play much at all. He was awesome in the G League. Um, his best game was that last game of the season when the Pacers were, were able to play all their young guys. Uh, Alizé had seven points, 11 rebounds in 25 minutes. I personally love the potential of Alizé Johnson based based off the fact that he's he's such a good athlete and he could be one of those guys like what if he what if he was able to develop um the fact that he rebounds the ball so well is awesome for the Pacers especially like somebody like that coming off the bench um just like a real hustle guy um that would be cool like he doesn't have to be a big scorer because we got other guys that can do that but I think Alizé could find a role on this team if he focuses on defense and uh, his aggressiveness on on off on like the offensive glass, um, and if he could somehow develop some sort of outside jump shot, that would be great. So, um, my biggest questions going into next year for Alizé. So he is going to be on the team, uh, at least as of now. He's he, he's got a spot on the roster. Um, does my biggest question is, does Alizé uh, make it to be full-time NBA or do we play him another year in the G League? Um, I, I tend to think it's going to be a year in the NBA with the Pacers all season long. And I'm excited to see that, frankly. Like, I want to I I see us give him a chance when we can. So maybe more like the role that TJ Leaf was this year. Maybe that's what Alizé could be. Or... I'm I'm thinking even deeper into the bench, like like Kyle O'Quinn type minutes, like you know, not a lot, but who knows? We I think we should see, we should see what we got here with him. Um, just be I mean, really because of the impressive G League season that he had. Let's see what translates and what doesn't. So, um, you know, right now with Alize, like overall, I I would buy Alize Johnson stock. I think that. We didn't get to see much of him this year on the Pacers, but he tore it up in the in the G League, and I, you know, I think I think it's worth it's worth taking a shot on it. And th- with all the turnover that's going to be on this Pacers team next year, like really, who knows? Like he could end up he could end up being a player that gets some minutes for the Pacers next year, um, and I and I would be, I, I'm not super excited about the potential of Alize, but. Um, Definitely, I'm definitely excited to try it out and, and get him more run than he did this year. So, I'm buying. I'm, I'll take. I'll buy buy the Alize Johnson stock right now. There's different levels. So, like with when I was going through these players, I kind of just set up like a template of like, okay, what are basically the uh, like the DNA components of this player? Like when when was he drafted? How, how old is he? Where's he from? How tall is he? Those types of things. And then I'm, I want to talk about the things I like about him and the things I don't like about the player. And then basically just give a, you know, look at this past season. These are the things I take away from it and then project on the next season. Uh, and then like the stock, the stock status is just like, all right, going into next season, this is what I, I think this player means to the Pacers. And so Alizé, I would, I would buy that stock. All right, this next guy was the most fun um, for me to to uh, look into. 
and it's a guy that I've I've liked for the Pacers. Uh, it's Edmund Sumner, uh, another player like Alze who spent the majority of the season uh, with the G League and in the Fort Wayne Madians. Alize or not Alize, but Edmund is our second round draft pick from the year before Alize. So 52nd pick overall in the 2017 draft. Coming out of Xavier, coming out of the high school in uh, Detroit County Day, which is the alma mater of Chris Weber, Shane Battier. Those are both two really good NBA players. Chris Weber is borderline um, Hall of Fame. Um, Shane Battier, arguably the best role player. You know, I shouldn't say arguably, like, I'm just kind of going off the cuff. But, you know, Battier was one of those players that was really uh, coveted as a 3 and D for the Miami Heat. Um, but that's just a little bit of the history of, of where Edmund Sumner is coming from. So he, you know, grew up in Detroit, or at least went to this Detroit high school, and uh, then went to Xavier. So he's a Midwest guy. Um, based on, He was drafted by the Pelicans two years ago, so that, I think I misspoke on that. I think I said the Pacers drafted him in the second round. Pelicans drafted him in the second round. I'm not sure how he ended up on the Pacers, but I'm glad that we have him. He was on the roster last year, so it must have been a trade. Um, you know, He never played for the Pelicans. Um, basketball Reference has Edmund Sumner with the nickname. Skinny, it makes sense, uh, because he's super skinny. But on the flip side of that skinniness is the fact that he's long. He's six foot six. He plays point guard, shooting guard. I think he could even be like a small forward type role. Um, although I like him better in the backcourt uh, because of his ability to, to, to drive and, and create. Um, the, that's, that's Edmund Sumner. That's his background. Uh, the, probably the most important thing is the fact that since... This past season, uh, 2018-19 season, was Edmund's healthiest season since high school. So he even said that on the player um, like exit interviews. There's like three, they're like three to four minute little interviews that the Pacer players give. It was after the it was after the regular or after the playoffs. Um, but yeah, anyways, Edmund Edmund is. Uh, He's a player that I'm super excited about for the Pacers. Like of, of the four guys that I'm going to talk about today, Edmund Sumner is the one that I would personally um, am the most excited about. I think he can make the, the biggest leap, the most impact for the Pacers next year. So what, what about him do I like? Like the pros for Edmund Sumner, to me, he's an aggressive defender with great size and length. So he's somebody along with like Aaron Holiday. I, I, sh- I saw that some this year. Uh, Sumner can get up in people. He can get up in you, pick you up at half court, create a lot of pressure. And I just love that, um, the fact that we could have somebody like that coming off of our bench next year. Um, you know, real, like Corey Joseph was a really good defender. And I think Edmund Sumner could, could potentially be a better defender than Joseph. Just just the fact that he's so long, um, you know, he gets a lot, a lot, he gets his, hand, he, he gets his hands in the, I, I don't know, I, I just think, you know, he, he's, he's one of those guys that is super uh, lengthy, and, and I, I love it. Um, what, what did he show us this year? Like, so he's above average defender. Um, he's, like I said, he spent most of his year in the, in the G League. 
and but he he lit it up just like Alize. So those two guys were killing it. Uh, Edmund averaged 22 points, four assists, three rebounds. You know, once again, over 30, 38 minutes a game uh, or uh, games played. And like he shot 36% from the three, which was great. So he's he's obviously somebody who can score the ball. But then again, it's like I, once it, it's the G League thing. I don't know how much it translates, but the, the numbers look good. I, I think I think Edmund, his best strength is his defense. He's an okay three-point shooter at this point. Uh, potentially, he could be really good at three-point shooting. That's what I would hope for him. Um, his cons, to me, he looks a little streaky as far as uh, when the shot's not falling, what else is out? What what else has Edmund given you? Um, he's a little injury prone, uh, based off of his past. This is be, this past season was his healthiest, which you always like to see that. Even though the fact that he's injury prone, um, just the fact that he was able to do a good season is good. And um, another thing that I saw that I just put as a con is, and is the fact that the assist numbers, they may, they may not translate like they haven't yet. So he was averaging, you know, four assists a game for the G league. And then his time in the NBA, he just hasn't really um, put up the numbers, but you never know. It's such a small sample size. That could be the fact that, you know, he could, he could have made good passes and just guys missed or, you know, um, I'm definitely not ready to, to put that on him. Like he's not a good playmaker at the NBA level, but just the assist numbers themselves didn't translate when I was just looking through the box scores. Um, and then like the last thing that not, a, this isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing about Edmund is the fact that I like rooting for him. Um, and one of the reasons I like rooting for him is just the, just the interactions that when he was on the Pacers, some of the moments that he was in, um, basically you could, he ended up playing. Like if you look at his, his uh, basketball reference, I think it was like 23 or 26 games this year for the Pacers, but really it came down to like eight games for him. He got a couple, he got a couple games at the beginning before the G league started up, but then he went right down to the G league and played there. He gets called up. He's tearing it up in the G league and he gets called up to the Pacers on January 28th. And the next game that the, that the Pacers have on their schedule is the golden state warriors, the defending champs. And so Sumner has been playing in the, in the G League for the past two, three months, right? So he's about, you know, he, he just does not have any significant NBA experience. And I just love the fact that the Pacers started him against the Warriors on January 28th. Um, and this is one of the things about Edmund that I love is like when you hear him talk about that being able to start against the Warriors, like he just can't tell the story without break. Like he, he just smiles so much and you can just tell how much that would, how important that was for him to get to start an NBA game and then to be able to do it against the defending yeah, champs. I mean, the, the dynasty of the, of the era, uh, it was cool. And, you know, um, Edwin didn't have the best game. Like he shot one of 10, uh, but he did have two steals and two blocks. Um, but to me, it's just like, I love the fact that he's so, um, I don't know what that is like it just it's it just you can tell it matters to him like it was a big deal to get that start and I love that I I, I'm I like the fact that he showed that to us um 
And so anyways, that was the, so he, so he gets to play basically eight games from January 28th till whenever those eight games, the next state games. Um, and he got the Warriors game, which he, he did not perform well. And then he kind of struggled, but he was getting double, double, double figure minutes for the, for these eight games. He had one game where you see something and it was against, I think it was the Lakers, but he gets, he gets 17 minutes. He scores 17 points. Um, he hit, he's three of four from the three-point line. He gets two steals, a block, seven to nine from the field. So just like a, whoa, what's, what, what do we have here? Now, in 17 minutes, you're going to put up 17 points. Now, this is just one game. Um, but in this eight-minute, eight-minute kind of, or not eight-minute, I keep saying minute. In this eight-game stretch that, that I would call Sumner's NBA season, um, he had one game. He had he had a game where he looked the part, and then he basically uh, he plays two more games. Doesn't get much doesn't get much run, and then goes back down to the G League to finish out the season. Um, so then you go fast forward all the way to the end of the season, and Sumner gets called back up into the up to the Pacers. He plays the last three games. But the only significant minutes he gets is the last game against Atlanta. So this is the same game where Alizé got all those minutes. TJ Leaf got minutes. Holiday got minutes. Um, well, Sumner got minutes too. He got 30 of them. And he had a hell of a game. 22 points, four rebounds, two steals. He hit three three-pointers. He got to the free throw line 11 times, hit nine of them. Um, he ended up hitting the game winning. Uh, well, he got fouled for the uh, at the very end of the game, uh, hit three free throws to, to to put the Pacers over the top against Atlanta. So the Pacers win. He's doing his exit in, or like he's getting interviewed after the game by. Uh, oh gosh, I just drew a blank. Jeremy Jeremy Johnson is that his guys the guy's name Jeremiah Jeremiah. Uh, and then like the players are dumping water on him and stuff. So Sumner's awesome, and I think just looking if you look at his season and break it down like from a from his perspective, like he was, um, you know, with the Pacers, uh, uh, first couple games, but not in the rotation, but got a couple, got a couple, uh, got some run on the NBA court, then gets sent down to, to the G League and lights it up, right? He does, he does awesome, puts up great numbers in the G League, gets called up basically for eight games for the Pacers. He has a little, he has a little bit of uh, catch your attention. Like, whoa, who, who do we got here? Not enough to keep him on the team for the rest of the season. And then finishes out the season with G League, comes back, and then has that last awesome game against Atlanta. Um, he did get to play in the playoffs. He got in a couple, he played two couple minutes in, in game one against Boston. Um, so I'm excited about, I'm excited about Edmund Sumner. They call, uh, who was it? Maybe it was Domas, or maybe that was Vic. Just call him Ed. So I don't know if that'll what I'm going to call him. Right now, I call him Sumner. Um, but we'll see. I'm expecting big things next year. So looking ahead, I think he's going to get way more opportunities with the Pacers. No more G League, just like Alizé. I think these two guys move up uh, into like that. I, however, it depends how the roster shakes out, but I'm thinking more into that like 10, 11, 12 range on the roster. Um, so I don't think, I don't think Sumner plays any more minutes with the Maniots. I think he's all Pacers next year. 
I think he could potentially be our fourth guard. You know, I, I think he could play a big role. He could be somebody who uh, really kind of um, gets an opportunity to show what he can do. And when you look at it, I mean, if we, if Edmund Sumner and Alizé Johnson are able to carve out minutes on this Pacers team, that's super exciting because both of those guys are freaks athletically. Like they're, they're huge upgrades over, you know, if Edmund Sumner's playing Darren Collison minutes or Corey Joseph minutes, you know, with all the respect to Corey Joseph's defense, but um, Sumner is so much bigger and uh, the Pacers just to me seem, I just like the, I just love the athleticism of Johnson and Sumner. And so who knows, maybe, maybe that's what Sumner's role is next year. You know, maybe he's, he's getting 10 to 10 to 15 minutes a game. And, you know, in, in the press conference, which this, this, if you're a Pacers fan, um, this is the first time I'd ever watched this, but it's so cool to watch the, there's a, like a 50 minute postseason interview between uh, coach Nate McMillan and GM Kevin Pritchard. And, you know, they just talk for like 50 minutes from, and, and people ask questions just talk about the season, talk about the, talk about the future. And I was really, um, I guess, in, in, intrigued in, at, at the openness of the, of both guys. I, I thought, I thought that the, that they were very honest with what they're looking for going into next season and got me pretty excited. Like I liked that. I like, I think I like I like coach McMillan and I, I like Kevin Pritchard. I think this is going to be, this will be the off season um, that ultimately probably defines this era of the Pacers. You know, what are we going to do with this young core? Um, and who knows, maybe Ed, Edmund Sumner's part of that young core. Like that's, that's my hope. And for that reason, I'm buying every, every stock I can of Edmund Sumner. I would, um, I, th- I, th- I think that he, he has a, he's got the potential to be a rotational player next year for the Pacers. And, um, who knows? Maybe somebody that we could get really excited about. So that's Sumner. And, and so just, you know, recap, Alizé, I'm buying stock, but I'm not going out and banging on doors to get it. Sumner, I'm buying stock and I'm banging on doors to go get it. Uh, trust me, not all the players on the Pacers I, I feel that way about. And um, well, I'll just get right into the next guy. Uh, second year player out of UCLA, six foot ten, twenty two years old, first round draft pick. TK Leaf. TK, because that's his nickname, and I'm talking about TJ Leaf. It was a game, uh, probably midway into the season. The Pacers got on ESPN somehow. And I can't remember the game. I don't remember the opponent, but I remember TJ Leaf was getting some minutes. And one of the announcers said, they called him TK. And it stuck from then on. He became TK in my household. And then uh, even Quinn Buckner called him TK at the, uh, one, of the one of the last games of the season. But what about TK? Like, what do we do with this guy, right? He's too slow. <laughs> I'm teasing. He's way, you know, 
he just sometimes on defense, right? He seems too slow. Um, sometimes he seems like he's a little lost. He has that facial hair that makes you wonder, like, is he, even though he's in the NBA, does he still struggle to pick up girls? Um, <laughs> it's, it's just like, I just imagine what if, what if TJ Leaf heard this podcast and was just like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? And I could not agree with him more. So, because you're better looker than me, TJ, and you're definitely faster than me, and I can't even grow facial hair, so I'm just, I'm just the man behind the mic talking shit. But there's things about TJ like th that I like, and I, I, um, I just love this Pacers team so much. He's the one guy that I'm able to just kind of uh, um, spew hate towards whenever I'm watching the team. Uh, but we need you need a guy to hate because you don't want to yell at the players that you like. So I don't know. I I I like TJ Leaf a little bit going into next season. I think that you know he did not get consistent run this year. Um, but when you look at it, like who is he going to play over, right? Like, um, because Bogdanovich or uh, not Bogdanovich, but Sabonis pretty much locked up those big man minutes. Uh, off the bench, but I don't know. That's not really the angle I want to take this. There's things about TJ that I like. I think that he's potentially um, an above average three-point shooter. I think he's kind of surprisingly springy. There's times whenever he gets up around the rim to grab offensive rebounds or maybe put, he might throw down some dunk that you're like, what? I, I had no idea TJ could do that. Um, I like his attitude. Every time I hear him talk and I listened to his exit interview and he talked about needing to work on his body and, and you know, getting faster and uh, being able to, to keep up on defense. Um, but he just seems to be like a player who, uh, he just has a good attitude. Like not, he, he doesn't seem to be bitter at the fact that he's not getting any minutes. And but ultimately, it's like, I don't know, man, maybe you need to be a little tougher on yourself or no, 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 not tougher on yourself. But, you know, maybe you shouldn't be happy not getting any minutes. Like, ultimately, if you're a player that's going to develop into somebody who is on the court a lot, you need to probably at some point start to believe that you should be on the court at that time. Um, but he's still a young guy, like he's 22. He'll be into his third season. He's got a lot of potential. I think, you know, he, he could be somebody that is very valuable in the league because he could stretch the floor. He's six foot ten. He's got good size. He's a decent athlete. Um, it, but at the same time, I could also see him being a player that just doesn't, doesn't make it uh, for whatever reason. And that would suck because, you know, he was a pretty high draft pick, 18th overall. Um, but... That's TJ Leaf or TK. So my takeaways from last season, you know, he wasn't a, he wasn't a rotational player and not very often did he ever make me believe that he could be. Uh, one thing I did, he did get better, though, from last year. There were moments that, t that TJ had this year that you could see like, oh, this could be nice. Um, 
his highlight came in that game against Atlanta, the last the last game of the season. He had 28 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks, two steals, over 34 minutes. So that's good to see. Good to see him have like a, one of those games that he can at least know that against NBA talent, he put up those numbers. Um, looking ahead to next season, TJ Leafs, another guy that's going to be on our roster. Um, I just want to know if 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 we're going to be able to get the TJ Leaf that we probably thought we drafted. I was looking at TJ's TJ's numbers from college. So he went to UCLA, played one season, averaged 16 points, eight assists, but shot 46% from the three-point line. So where where is that three-point jump shot gone? I, obviously, the NBA is further away. Uh, but can TJ find a way to uh, get that that marksmanship back in the in the big leagues? I don't know. The, the jury's out. Um, going ahead to next season, will he be a rotational player? That's that's the question. If he can't be in the rotation, uh, then next year will be, I would think, his last year. Um, hopefully he can do it. I, I, it would be a cheap option for the Pacers, depending on how this offseason works. But um, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for the guy. Uh, but as far as where I stand with TJ Leaf, I'm I'm neutral. I uh, I'm not selling TJ Leaf stock because who would buy it? Uh, but I'm also not looking to buy anymore. I I I want to see I want to see more improvement from him. I think he needs to make a bigger leap next year than he did from his rookie season to his second season. It and it could happen because who knows who knows what this team looks like you know, next year with, with being the Pacers, like maybe TJ Leaf will be required to, to, to have more minutes, but who knows, maybe we load up on forwards and he gets bumped back even further. So it, it all depends on how the, the roster shakes out. Um, so yeah, I'm not super high on TJ Leaf, but he is what he is. Uh, the last player I want to talk to talk about on this episode is our first round draft pick, our rookie, Aaron Holiday. Um, you know, Aaron was the 23rd pick last year. Pacers got him in the first round. Another guy from UCLA. He would have been on the same team as TJ Leaf. Um, Aaron is 23 years old. No, he'll be 23 uh, as, as the season starts next year. Basketball reference has, has him listed at six foot one. I'm a little skeptical of that. Um, but one of the things about Aaron Holiday is the things that I like the most is his athleticism. So even though he's a smaller guy, he's probably more like 5'10", 5'11". Uh, I, I think most NBA players always put themselves higher. But I, should, I don't know. Yeah. Even if he is 6'1", he's a, he's a smaller guard. Um, but he is athletic enough to make up for it where he's quick. He's got really good hops. I like that in most of our young guys, like, you know, Alizé, Sumner, and, and Holiday. They, you can just tell the difference between when they're up and running up and down um, versus somebody like McDermott or Bojan or Darren Collison. You know, it's just, it's just a different thing. Um, so with Aaron Holiday, that's, that's what I, I liked the most about him this year was his athleticism. I loved his like 
seems like he was, would be capable of just dribbling um, 100 mile an hour, stopping on a dime and pulling up for a three. Like, I, I see that as being part of his game. He did show that he could make shots. Like, I think he's a, he could be an above average shot maker. He's, he's a spark plug. He, he is uh, someone who pushes the pace. He gets the, he gets the, the pacers going. He's able to push the ball, uh, create pressure on the defense. He's also on the flip side, able to put pressure on the offense whenever the, their point guards got the ball. I love that about Holiday. And he's got a ton of confidence, and that you know, probably comes from the fact that he's got two older brothers in the NBA right now. Uh, he, he thinks he belongs in the NBA. And to me, I think that's something that is very valuable. You, you have to have players that think they belong. And Holiday, Holiday it could be set to have a breakout season. He really didn't get a lot of uh, consistent minutes this year. Like he played in a lot of games, so um, fifty to be exact. He he got he he did see the floor in fifty games, um, but how many of those games you know were he uh, meaningful minutes? Um, I actually looked it up. Sixteen or actually in seventeen of those fifty games, he averaged or he scored or he played sixteen minutes or more. So out of 17 games with 16 more minutes, Holiday got double figure scoring in 12 of those. I think that's pretty I think that's a pretty important thing to to look at. So out of 17 games, 12 of the 17, he scored 10 or more points. And he's still not getting a ton of minutes. This is just only getting 16 or more minutes. Um That's good. So He's getting double figures whenever he's getting the run. And I think that going into next season with more minutes, with most likely a uh, heavier burden to carry, I, 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 like, I, like the, I like seeing him with, uh, with potential to average double figures next season. Woo! Heard it here first. I, I think Aaron Holiday will average over 10 points a game next season if he stays on the Pacers, but, uh, so the thing, yeah, that's what I like about Aaron. The things that, you know, I see as weaknesses right now are just those shooting percentages, just kind of the streakiness of them. I think he's a good shooter. Like his form looks good. He's money from the free throw line. It's probably just a matter of, uh, you know, small sample size we're dealing with and rookie point guards generally struggle. That's what at least what I've heard from other podcasts. So, um, and it's you know it's it, I don't I don't remember seeing Aaron Holiday necessarily dropping a lot of dimes. So I put a weakness at like playmaking for others. I'm just not sure where he where he really uh, is on that. Is he more of just a guy that's going to get you buckets himself, like Lou Williams, or is he going to be more of like a balanced point guard where he's going to get you? Some points for himself, like 12 to 14, but also looking to get five or six assists. I just don't know with Holiday. He, he might be one of those spark plug uh, bench guys. Although that's hard, hard to imagine. I, I, I would need to see his, his shot improve more before I could um, grant him that. But um, I like his strengths over his weaknesses. I, I'm, high on, I'm high on Aaron Holiday. 
Um, looking at the season, I think, you know, he fits the Pacers culture, especially the toughness. And he seems he seems to be a guy that um, was was willing to put in his time last year. Uh, he would seem to be okay not getting as many minutes, but it was always, would always talk about how he's ready for that next man up. Um, like I said, he didn't get consistent runtime for the Pacers. He played in 50 games. He was our fifth guard. Um, didn't make the playoff rotation. So those kind of sound like negatives, but you know, the truth is there's still more to see from Aaron. And that's what I'm excited for, for next season. Um, how many more minutes is he going to get? Uh, when you look at the guys that were getting the minutes in front of him this year, Darren Collison, most likely not going to be a pacer. Corey Joseph, probably the same. I, I don't think he'll be a pacer. Wesley Matthews, I don't think he's going to be a pacer. Tyreek Evans, I don't think he's going to be a pacer. So who is? Who is going to play those minutes? And I think Aaron will be that guy that's going to absorb a lot of them. And that's going to be the, the question for him going into the season. Can, can he handle that? Can he, can he be a positive for the Pacers in those minutes? Can he contribute it? Can he contribute in meaningful minutes, at, in meaningful games, um, the playoffs? You know, can, can Holiday play it in the playoffs? He's got the confidence of Coach McMillan uh, in the postseason or postgame inter po yeah postseason interview. Uh, Nate McMillan said that Aaron should be in the rotation next year, um, and I'm not sure if Nate McMillan said this or or if I wrote this, but he's got the potential to be a good scoring option off the bench for the Pacers next year, and that's just how it is. So I wasn't wowed by Aaron Holiday, but I like Aaron Holiday. I like him a lot. I like. Um, I like the fact that he should get more minutes, and so I'm high. I'm I'm high on Holiday, but um, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm still kind of cautiously waiting. I'm not ready to crown him the starting point guard for the Pacers' future. Um, I think he's got a long way to go from that. But I would like to see the Pacers, you know, get a starting point guard this year, and, and then see what Holiday can do as a backup. To me, I think that would be his best role right now. Um, I don't know. Maybe they think he can start. Maybe I, if you do think he can start, it's just, it's just tough. Cause he's, he's just kind of smaller. Um, but who knows? So that's that. That's Alize, Sumner, TJ and Aaron holiday. I'm, uh, I'll buy all the Alize and Edmund, Edmund stock and I'm holding on my, my TJ and Aaron, Aaron stock. Uh, that was uh, that was the four guys at the bottom. Probably next week, I'll, I'll have McDermott, Joseph, um, probably Tyreek, those guys, and and then I'll get to the more important guys later on. And uh, I, I'm excited about this. This has been fun. Hope you guys enjoyed this uh, kind of this really detailed breakdown, I guess, of of each individual player. Um, if you don't, well, sorry. Um, but yeah, here we go. We're going to keep on going. Hope everybody has a good week and, uh, talk to you later. Peace.